We are in Ksubis Chof Aleph on the base 21B3 in the Arshkel Gemara. We have one last section that discusses uh, here Kiyam Shtaros, the concept of uh, saying, uh, proving that uh, a document is authentic. And in this last section, we're really discussing not so much the process of Kiyam Shtaros, the process in which we uh, prove that a document is authentic, and that it wasn't forged. But rather, it's really a, somewhat of a side topic. Um, it's a topic of when are judges allowed to um, judge together? And maybe there are certain cases where there's a concern that they cannot judge together because they are what's referred to as nogea bedavar. They are, um, there are outside factors that impact the decision that they are making uh, that uh, we are concerned that is going to uh, sort of confuse them in terms of what the right decision is. And so therefore, because they are biased for whatever reason or because they have a certain incentive in mind, uh, so therefore we won't let them testify. Usually, most cases where this occurs, whether it's witnesses or whether it's judges, it has to do out of monetary concern. Most cases is about when there's a monetary concern, when there's a financial gain to testify or to judge in a certain direction. Those are most of the cases of Nogea B'davar where we say that they're disqualified because they have other incentives. However, uh, it's pointed out by some of the some of the later commentators that our Gemara is a different type of Nogea B'davar. So let's see it inside. Rav says, You have three judges who are about to sign on a henpik, on a document which, says, which states that uh, the court has ruled that it's an authentic document. And what happens? In the meantime... One of them, there's some question about one of the judges, about the validity of one of the judges. Some challenge has been raised, and the Gemara will explain in a minute what exactly is this challenge. But if it's before the two other judges have signed this certificate, so nobody has signed yet, so then these judges, they're allowed to testify about the third judge. They're allowed to testify about the third judge to say that this third judge is really innocent, he's clean, he's allowed to judge, and then they, they could reconvene and judge again. That's permissible. However, once the two judges, two out of three judges sign, the third judge is now, there's a certain question, there was a challenge raised with regards to the validity of that third judge. So now those two other well, judges, they have are not allowed to testify about the third judge because... Uh, it, they are no gabadavar. It's, uh, they, they have a certain incentive to make sure that he is good, that he's clean, because otherwise it looks bad for them. They've already started to sign. They're sitting with this third judge. It's written already down in the document that they have this third judge there. This third judge, there's a challenge to this third judge. No, we only sit with innocent judges, is their claim. And so therefore, if they already signed, if two out of the three already signed, the third one is now in question, with regards to his validity, those two judges cannot now testify about that third judge. It's not allowed. They are referred to as no gabadavar. They have an incentive, not a monetary incentive, but an incentive to make sure that uh, they hold up their reputation, essentially. Okay. Uh, the Gemara now asks, well, what exactly what was in question here? What, what was the challenge against this third judge? If it's an accusation that this third judge is a thief, that he stole. And moving on to Chav Bezim et al. 22a, 
The Gemara says, I don't understand. When there's a, when there's, there's a challenge, the challenge has to be a halachic challenge. That halachic challenge means that we have two witnesses who are telling us that he stole. That's the case. Okay, well, if there are two witnesses that told us that he stole, and then we're going to have these two judges, let's say it was before they signed this document, so they weren't really uh, a court together, you have these two other judges come and they and they now testify about this third judge. Well, now what ends up happening is you have two judges, sorry, you have two witnesses who say that he stole. These two judges who are now acting as witnesses are saying that he did not steal, that he's not a thief. It's two versus two. So what happens in a case of two versus two? Well, our Gemara, at least according to Rashi and others, our Gemara seems to be saying that in a case of two versus two, when you have two witnesses who are testifying a person and two other witnesses who are testifying that he's really good, uh, well, we seem to be stringent. We seem to take the side of caution and say, well, he cannot uh, uh, he cannot uh, testify. That's what the Gemara is asking. If it's a case of where he's being accused of being a thief, even if the judges were to testify, it wouldn't even help. That's what the Gemara says because it's two versus two. We still won't uh, accept this third judge. So what's the case? That's how Rashi explains it. But it's important to note that others point out that this is not so simple. This is really not so simple. It could be that when you have two versus two, they get thrown out because it's two versus two and we're, we should fall back on what we refer to as the chazaka, the status quo. The status quo is that he is somebody who has a good, valid reputation. He's uh, acceptable and we should fall back on that. But that's not what the Gemara says here, according to Rashi. According to Tosas, Tosas has a very different take the other classic commentator on the page, very different take of our Gemara, which we're not going to get into right now. But, but the basis for his uh, his shift, his change in the understanding of the Gemara, is this very question. When you have two versus two, two witnesses say that a person stole, two other witnesses say that the person did not steal, that you're incorrect. So do you fall back on a chazaka, on the status quo that he's uh, he has a good reputation, that he uh, he's uh, he, he's a kosher person? Or do you not fall back on that? So according to Rashi, we don't. And that's the Gemara's question. Even if the judges were to testify, it would still be two versus two, and he, the third judge would not be um, not be kosher. The Gemara says, well, what's the other potential challenge? It's not that he's just disqualified because he's a thief. Maybe he's disqualified because of his lineage, his improper lineage. Let's say he's a slave, and they can't, uh, they can't uh, act as judges. Um, so if that's the case, the Gemara says that no, that even, there's no concern there. Even if they were already signed, there's no issue about no Be'edus, that they have an incentive to make sure that he's kosher. When it's about lineage, that's something which other people know about as well. This is something which is out there. It can't, it's not limited to these two judges. So these two judges, if they, even if they were to testify about his lineage, uh, they, they must be telling the truth because the word is out there. People know about lineage. People know they could, they could dig up and they could do research and find out exactly what his story is. These two judges would never lie. They would never lie about this. They, they would have to be telling us the truth. And so therefore that can't be the case. So the Gemara says, what's the case? If it's about disqualifying them because this third judge stole, so it can't be. It's two versus two. And according to Rashi, he's still disqualified. And if it's because Something to do with his lineage, and therefore he's not allowed to act as a as a witness or as a as um, as a judge. Well, the 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 two judges who t- who are judges with him 
should not be disqualified. They should be able to testify because this is something which is out there anyways. So the Gemara answers, That really, what's the case here? The case here is that we have two witnesses who say that this third judge stole. That this third judge stole. And the case is, is where now the other judges who are with him, they say, you're right, he stole. But we know that he did tshuva. He repented. He repented and now he's back to being uh, acceptable to act as a judge or as a witness. It's fine. He's allowed to act as a judge or as a witness. So this is where the Gemara now says, well, it really depends. If they already acted as a court and they already signed, so then they certainly can't act as witnesses to defend him because their own reputation is on the line about what type of court uh, their other judges they're sitting with in court. But if it's before they signed, they were never judges together. So then certainly, uh, says the Gemara, they're able, they're able to testify about this third judge. It's just important to know, what does it mean that he did, he repented? What, what's necessary in order to repent, in order to become, uh, uh, back to becoming a valid judge or a valid witness? What exactly do you have to do? So Rashi says, what you have to do is that you have to return the money. If you stole, you have to return the money. Uh, the Rambam Maimonides goes even further. He says, of course you have to return the money, but you have to do more than that. You have to fully repent. You have to uh, make a declaration and decide that uh, not just that I'm returning the money in this case, but uh, my ways have changed for the future as well. And other people know about this this uh, this commitment that you have. Uh, you have to completely change your path. And that's what's necessary. So it's an interesting discussion. What, t- what does it take to take somebody who has already become disqualified from their actions, from that which they did, in order to make them now valid witnesses or valid judges, what exactly is necessary? What is that tshuva process, that repentance process, that would then lead to them becoming, once again, valid witnesses or valid judges? Okay, a few more lines here before the next Mishnah. Amr Abzeir says, Hamelzam Rabbi Abishmi I heard the following from Rabbi Abba. V'ilav Rabbi Abba d'min Akko shechota. And if it wasn't for Rabbi Abba of Akko, who reminded me about it later, a different Rabbi Abba, I would have forgotten it. What, what is this idea? So there's a new 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 law here. What happens if you have the following case? You have these three judges. This is all about uh, signing court documents. So you have these three judges who are testifying about the validity, the authenticity of, a, of another document. And they're writing this on a document, a henpik, what we refer to as a henpik. And you have three, you need three judges to verify it. So the three judges were around. However, at the time of the signature on the actual document, one of the judges already died. He died. So how do you sign this document? Uh, so he says that in order to sign it properly, you have to sign it by saying that this was said in front of the three judges. One of us is no longer alive, and the two of us are signing. That's what you have to do. Um, so the Gemara now quotes an alternative suggestion of what you could write in the document. Amr of Nachum Bar Yitzchak, because of Beishtar, Dinan, Nafak, Lekadmai, Beidina, Sulot, Sarech. Rav Nachum Yitzchak says, no. All you have to say that is that this was done in court. Once it was done in court, everybody will realize that it was done in front of three judges and one of the judges died. All you have to say that it was done in court. You don't have to elaborate and explain. Even though there's two people who signed, you don't have to elaborate and explain that this was done in front of three and one of them died. It's unnecessary. It's interesting to try to understand why, what exactly are they arguing about? What's the difference? Just put in there that it was three three judges, one of them died. What's the big deal? Uh, so perhaps this is a question of... Um, how much do we assume that the court is doing the right thing, the right job? 
Could we just assume automatically that everybody knows that the court is 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 do they have a good reputation and they're doing the right thing? Therefore, if they just write this was done in front of the court, they see only two signatures being signed, so they know they didn't mess up. They didn't mess up. It must be that one of them died. One of them was was unable to sign, uh, and we want to show that we in fact we we want to show the world how we believe in our court system and how they know what they're doing. And so, therefore, we're just going to write. Perhaps this is just a suggestion. We're going to write down, this was done in court without explaining whether it was done in front of two or in front of three. We know it's done in front of three. That's what's necessary, even though only two people signed. The Gemara asks, wait a minute, slow down. Wait a minute. Maybe this court which signed two signatures follows Shmuel. What does Shmuel say? Shmuel is of the opinion that when it comes to monetary issues, one judge, you can have only one judge or two judges. However, we one or two work in order to make a decision. However, we require three. Uh, initially, we require three. If it happens to be after the fact that only one judge ruled or two judges ruled, it's valid. But it's not right. It's not right. The right thing to do is to have three judges. But once that's the case, and that's the opinion of Shmuel, well, maybe when it says it was done in front of court, and we have two witnesses, maybe people will think that, like Shmuel, that this was done with a basin chutzpah. It was chutzpah that this was improper. It, true, this works with just two two uh, judges, but this was the improper thing to do. You shouldn't have two people uh, as the only only two people on the court. You need to have three. So basically, we're asking if it on the document itself it says it was done in court, and you have only two witnesses because the two judges signed because. The third judge passed away. Well, we should be concerned, asked the Gemara, that people might think that this is really a Beisdin Chatzav. This is a court consisting of only two judges, which according to Shmuel works after the fact, but it's not something which we which we want to do, which we, we would never do that initially. So how do we know that it's not referring to a case of a Beisdin Chatzav, of a court consisting of just two? So the Gemara answers, the because it says in the document that this was done in the court of Rav Ashi. Rav Ashi... Uh, the leading Torah scholar of Ashi, he would never do such a thing. He would never, he would never uh, have a court just of two. The Gemara asks, who knows? Maybe not Ravashi, but maybe the other rabbis that are part of the court. Maybe they follow Shmuel to only have two judges. No, the Ashi, because no, it's written in the document. Rav Ashi instructed us with regards to this certification, with regards to this hempik. And so therefore, since it was Rav Ashi himself who instructed us, it's clear Rav Ashi does not hold like Shmuel. Rav Ashi does not follow Shmuel to say that uh, two judges suffice, at least after the fact. We would never do so initially, but at least after the fact. So the fact that it's written, it was done in front of this court, as instructed by Rav Ashi, so it's clear, uh, we would automatically assume that it was done in front of three judges, just two of them signed because one of them passed away. But again, the point of this last section of the Gemara here is to teach us is a dispute about uh, when we when when the judges sign, if they send those done in court, do we automatically assume that it was done in front of three and everything was fine, even though only two people signed, or do we have to say ex- explicitly we have to explain the situation and say that it was done in front of three, only two people are signing because one of them passed away before they were able to sign? Is that necessary or is that not necessary? So again, that's one topic that we discussed, and the other topic that we discussed, a very important topic about Nogea Bedavar, that could you testify? Uh, just to uh, to defend your reputation, it seems like you're not allowed to testify in such a case. 
And then we had a we had discussed the details about that case of the third judge of being accused of something. What exactly is he being accused of? And could the other judges that were sitting with him could they testify uh, to defend him or not? Okay, we'll continue. We'll begin a new Mishnah on Chav Beis in the next recording.